Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Scottish Clans podcast. I'm Clint. Perhaps you have ancestry that ties you to the Scottish Clans, or maybe you've watched Braveheart, Outlaw King, or Outlander, and it piqued your interest. If you want to learn more about the leading kindreds of Scotland and answer such questions as, what was a clan? How did clans function? Who was a member of a clan? How did clans begin? Do my ancestors connect to a clan? What are some cool stories from the history of the clans? Then this is the podcast for you. If this is your first time ever joining us, there is a part one and two to this discussion. It's uh, not completely necessary to, to hear those earlier episodes to get this one to make sense, but it's, it's, uh, it's good content though. If you're a repeat listener, then welcome back. Thanks for spending time with me. If you're returning because you have found value in this content, feel free to leave a review or rating on whatever platform you're listening to this on. Subscribe, follow, share, the regular things. Uh, There are other people out there that you know that would be interested in this, and I encourage you to reach out and, and hit that share icon on usually the same symbol for sharing it, and, and send it on over to somebody that you think would be interested in this. If you really like this content, you can contribute to the cause by going to scottish-clans.com forward slash team. I have a QR code that can send you to a Venmo account if you just want to make a one-time contribution, or if you want to make a reoccurring contribution, you can go over to, there's a there's a link or a button that I have right next to that QR code, and that can send you over to where you can actually become a subscriber and, and get shout-outs during episodes specifically to you, or jump to the front of the list for episode recommendations. Once again, that is www.scottish-clans.com forward slash team. Now, as I dive into this conversation with Mike, I'm going to give you a word from my spo- a word about my sponsor first. But just so you know, we're going to be covering such subjects as the Gal Gale that gave their name to Galloway, and we're a cultural mix of the Scandinavians and Gales throughout the Western Isles, clear down through Southwest Scotland. We're going to be talking about the Galaglass, their origins and cultural identities. And we're also going to talk about specific Galaglass clans like the McDonald's, the McDougal's, the Mackay's, and a host of other ones. So stay tuned for that content. But uh, until then, or between now and then, let me give a quick word about my sponsor, USA Kilts. At their storefront, usakilts.com, they have tons of things that you could look through and select to wear or to own that would show your pride in your Scottish connections, whether that's your ancestry or just interest. Go over there. Of course, they make great kilts. I own two of theirs. All sorts of other things, though, that go with this this idea of the Scottish heritage. So go over and check them out at usakilts.com. Also, their YouTube channel, USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions. They have tons of good content on there. Uh, I have benefited greatly through looking through their videos. It's helped me not only understand how to wear a kilt better, but also, too, they've got content on history and culture and all sorts of things on there. So go check out their YouTube channel too. I'll have more on that a little bit later. But now I'd like to hand you over to my d- discussion as we continue in this discussion with Mike Doyle from Clans and Dynasties. I had a very enjoyable time with him. He has a ton of good insights that he spent a lot of time digging into things and he's got a, a lot to offer you. So I'm glad that you t- uh, tuned back into this. Whether you've already listened to the first two episodes or you're just diving in right here, either way is cool. And without any further ado, let me turn you over to Mike. 
but maybe what you just said is a better lead into a discussion about the gala glass and you have some really mm -hmm. good content on your channel about that subject and the, the back and forth there can you um can we maybe start with the premise of can you just give kind of like a nutshell of what a gala glass was and then we could dive deeper from there yeah so effectively in its basic terms it was a soldier of fortune um they were born of uh hiberno gallic norse uh intermingling that basically formed this elite armored soldier um but i give the norse the most credit for for their finding it was um you know um two two parts norse one part gallic one part <laughs> gale so uh um yeah and uh they came across in large sort of groups um and were effective effectively the reason for the halt of the norman invasion of ireland um so uh, would be my basic sort of one paragraph on them <laughs> outstanding so let me ask you a question about that when you said it's uh you, you put a little more weight on the norse end of it because in the in a lot, the reason I have this question, I thought about this for a long time, is you see in some of the clan histories, like let's just say the the area of Lennox where the McFarlands were, and they'll say that, yeah, during this time period, Vikings raided through. What they're referring to is that time period where Hakon needed to establish himself. He was being challenged and pushed up against by the, the later Canmore dynasty, the Alexander II, Alexander III. They're they're becoming pretty aggressive, and so he feels like he needs to sail over, recruit all of what should be his subjects down through the all through the Hebrides, and by this time we do have, we do have um, some of these Hebridean clans or Hebridean I don't know that we see some <laughs> of those clans developing already. So, but they should have been Norse subjects. He brings them down, and they they eventually have the Battle of Largs. And mm -hmm. so that's a time period. And you'll say that, oh, yeah, the Vikings came through. Well, by this time, clearly they're not Vikings. No. Whether it's the guys that he brought from Scandinavia, from Norway with himself, or it's the Gallicized subjects of the Isles there. So we're talking about a time period where maybe, so that's how other people have labeled them. These people from the Isles during the mid 1200s, because that's where we see the beginning of the Galaglass movement, right? The, the, mm -hmm. the earliest wasn't it um wasn't it for for an o'connor received a bride and she brought with her fighting men was that it um it was definitely the first time record of yes. galagos as we know them but there was the battle at bally bally shannon where we sort of see the first sort of galagos proto galagos sort of coming into ireland taking part with the o'donnells um uh, fighting against uh, a Norman encroachment. Um, so, you know, the this again ties into the long sort of backwards and forwards um, coming through. But yeah, uh, the uh, O'Connor wedding was definitely the, 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 it's the stamp mark given, you know, start date. Gotcha. So here's my question. Those people that are coming from the Isles during that, those mid 1200 time periods, to what degree do you think they would have seen themselves as Scandinavians? versus gale or do you think they distinguish and we're that's not clear and they're like yeah we speak gallic but we are from scandinavian families that settled here do you have you read anything about how they would have seen that i i haven't in the sense of we 
again, it comes down to how we imagine the early medieval and sort of, uh, you know, the medieval world, how they looked out and sort of viewed, you know, you've got the church coming in, which is trying to sort of homogenize the world, the, you know, the Western world under, you know, this create this empire effectively, you know, Christian empire. Um, and they're trying to sort of move politics in certain directions to sort of, you know, giving kings le the legitimacy to go to invade other countries and stuff to try and bring him under sphere, you know, other Christian countries. Um, we've got a lot of moving parts, effectively, uh, that can sort of skew how someone may be viewed. And I don't think they viewed themselves in such a wide context. <laughs> you know, I am John. I am from this village. I am from this family group. Um, and who who's running my country effectively or who's running this kingdom is of very little import to most people. You've got to remember the nobles at the time were like the celebrities of today, a very small number of them, well known, you know, and you would have your sort of, you know, oh, I kind of like this guy, like our politicians, you know, I like this guy because he's a good guy. And then someone else sort of saying, he's not a good guy. I heard he did this to this village, you know. Um, so to have this sort of wide view of, of a country or an ethnic group, I don't feel it, it, that really happened um until a couple to about 200 years later um uh with especially in england's a good good starting point with the 100 years war and stuff um and even then didn't become solidified in england till the tudor period so it shows how far nationalism as it grew from those uh, how far back 1249 was lorics um but um so it, you know it's a couple of years so i don't think they have that sort of idea effectively of or identity now, but they do have what they do have is oral traditions and histories and folklore and all these sort of things that come from their mother groups, as it were, you know, and they are listening to what we would sort of generalize as, you know, uh, Scandinavian bedtime stories and night, you know, all these traditions and they're doing these we things that are sort of linked to that ethnic group now um uh, but we know those isles are hibernized you know from the the gall gales um so it, it is a very much a mixture a melting pot of both um which is why i give credit to you know to to both or or, or all three because i i want to say that the the gale even uh, the um gallics or even though it's sort of split in the 14th century um you know it, it's starting to be its own thing <laughs> gotcha so maybe you could uh, that thank you for for unpacking that a little bit because i was th my follow-on question at which i think you you got to was so to when you say you lean a little bit more for the norse in that in that cultural mix i was going to ask what you meant by that is is that what you what you just said about like okay they're growing up with maybe scandinavian story folk tales and or values that are inherited in as much as there was any difference between the two more from the Scandinavian side or. Yeah. So I give, I just give them credit uh, because uh, primarily the Gold Gale, you know, would be Viking father, Irish mother from Dublin, eighth, ninth century, ninth, uh, 10th century. So, and then sort of spread up to that, then you have, they would be more of the nobility class because even though there would be Brythonic groups in those isles and other earlier um Gallic groups in those isles. Um the Norse sort of 
paternal lines of leadership, as it were, the kings, the chiefs and stuff would primarily be Norse, the, the headsheds. On the smaller levels, sure, you'd have Gaelic and Gaelic sort of um, uh, paternal lines. But for the most part, kings of those little isles and stuff would be Norse. And much like today, we they would follow trends of, you know, whatever the queen of the island is wearing on a arm if it's the you know, nordic sort of style everyone's going to sort of copy along with it you know um regardless of descent so the, it, like i say it was their input into those isles um is why i give them the, the sort of credit because we know how the irish and the Ga- the, Ga- uh, the gallic and the pictish were fighting in that time period and it wasn't until the north sort of came in that we got a real surge of um sort of heavy armored troops and you know all that sort of thing into the house so they they get it for their for their work early on <laughs> and, and so maybe what you're just hitting on right there at the end the uh the way they armored up and i and mm. i in one of your videos that i had watched just recently this morning the the gallo glass are coming in pretty heavy armored uh mm-hmm. chain mail big weapons like pole mm-hmm. axes and and big claymores and and helmets where the people that they joined up with and fight alongside, like the Irish Cairns, were lighter troops. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that, that heavy armor, that heavy infantry aspect was more, it, would you tie, like maybe culturally influenced more by Scandinavia? Yeah, definitely. Um, the whole style of warfare was changed. Even though, you know, you're sort of talking 150 years after sort of the end of the Viking era. Yeah. Um, and it, it is a style that has been adopted by a lot of groups in those isles beforehand. Um, it was definitely introduced into those parts of the isles by the Vikings. We see that, you know, where the, they totally changed the, especially in Ireland, the political system and the military system upside down. Um, we were used to much like a, a lot of, now when I talk about Scotland, I'm primarily talking about the Highland areas, you know, the, the sort of uh, east and south sort of boundaries would have had their own influences that sort of um and would probably be a discussion on their own um but from definitely from an isles perspective and uh, an ireland's perspective we were in the cattle raiding sort of time of our lives you know quick in and out um economic sort of ideas rather than uh, land ideas land conquering ideas and um yeah then the Vikings came in and showed us what real warfare was about. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Normans came in and, um, and tuned everybody up. Um, <laughs> I think, let me throw in a, another region. I think one, the, the, as we talk about geographic area, areas, especially with the Galgale, who, mm. who would have a, a profound infla- impact on these Galaglass. And we'll get to talking about maybe specific Galaglass clans. I think maybe some of the listeners would like to dive into mm. certain kindreds that were Galaglass clans and coming from Scotland, but now become very Irish, like the McSweeney's. But before before that, I want to throw in, we get a, a lot of attention to the Hebrides, Western Highlands. Um, I'm, I'm pointing to things on, a, on an imaginary map in front of myself, like... Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I throw into that mix Galloway. And, yes. and you look on a map, if you're looking at a map of Scotland and it, you can see there's a, it's, I mean, it's a very natural direction. It comes through the, the, the highlands and isles, the Western highlands and isles, but it comes right down, flows right into Galloway. And especially for a seafaring people, 
mm-hmm. where the sea is not this big obstacle. It's a highway. Yeah. The, the, and we, I think Galloway gets ignored, even though its very name comes from these people. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely do think uh, it does get ignored. Um, I think, again, it uh, maybe comes from trying to simplify the history um, and we've got some very distinctive lines. Okay, most people would agree they're slightly blurred, but in a general term, we've got these very distinctive lines between the Highlands, the Lowlands, the sort of east of Scotland. And Galloway has has had more sort of, of a mixing pot than, than most, you know, uh, with the early Welsh Brythonic groups, yeah. then the, the close-knit to the Saxons, then the, Gal- the Gales, then the Vikings. You know, they they really have had the biggest mix. But actually, you could argue that's why, uh, you know, when it came to the Bruce invasion, um, or not Bruce invasion, but the, the Scottish Wars of Independence, why it was so you know, divided as an area compared to sort of other areas um, yeah. because it's it's such a melting pot. <laughs> yeah, and you and I think that would be relevant to people who are listening to this whose last name or names in their family tree would include McDowell, Agnew, McClellan, McCulloch, uh, what are some other, about Kennedy. Those A lot of those families are coming out of this mix in Southwest. Yeah. Scotland and it's interesting when you you see these arguments of people basing the fact that clan should only be a highland because clan is Gaelic and it's a Gaelic word and so it's only the Gales and that's where like to 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 your point of Galloway's messy it doesn't fit any of these yeah. molds and and it's lowland but up until like the 15 maybe in some places into the 1600s it, there were it was there's still Gaelic speaking areas and and uh, you'd have those clans who are who still have Gaelic last names. And anyway, really interesting element to this. If you have anything more to say on that, cool. If not, um, you want to tell us primary Galloglass families? And well, to say primary would be unfair, um, but there's definitely families that made more of an impact um, to the political landscape of Ireland <laughs> through being Galloglass. Um, but every, pretty much every family supply a scottish family supply gallo glass um it was a lucrative business um and these families weren't in the in the mindset of turning away money for fighting basically something they were doing anyway so they may as well get paid for it you know it, it kind of they were well established uh you know at raiding and fighting and uh, ireland was a very uh you know had a lot of turmoil there so and a lot of people willing to pay for for people to come and assist with that so every family kind of gets a bit of credit highland family the campbells were doing it um you know uh which is a surprise as people i know um that even a family but they were you know they were a gallic family they did partake in all this sort of other things um that were expected and missing out on a an export, your your manpower is an export. This in this in this example, and to miss out on something like that, and to gain the money that you could get from that, would be uh, would be seen as you know you're not really leading the the clan's best interests. But we do have families that um, stood out above these other sort of smaller families, um, and that would be the McSweeney's, the McDonald's. The McSheehy's, 
Um, trying to think of the other ones now off the top of my head. Um, actually, I do have. I did. Have, I actually wrote the list here <laughs> just to remember them all. There's so many families. They uh, um, often skip my mind. Uh, so yes, the McRorys, the McNeils, uh, the McCoys, McLeans, uh, McCalls, uh, or, or the the Mackies um, and the McCabe's. So they're the main ones uh, that sort of um, made the biggest impact on you know the political landscape of Ireland. But as I said, we have McAllisters, Mac McAteers, McCauleys, McFadden's, all sort of taking part in in that. <laughs> Please excuse the interruption in your regularly programmed listening there. I just need to tell you about my sponsor, USA Kilts. I just this evening had a work Christmas party that I attended, and we were supposed to dress nice. And kind of last minute, I, I decided, you know what, I'm going to wear my kilt. And I kind of had gone back and forth on whether to wear it or not. I knew I'd be the only one. It's not a Scottish function. And then I just thought, quit taking yourself so seriously and just have a little fun. And so I threw it on with all of the other things that go with a kilt, both the five-yard wool kilt and all the other pieces that go with it. I bought from usakilts.com. Uh, Rocky gave me a, a, a great experience shopping with him, and the, the product is awesome. I, I feel, feel very confident wearing that. It's good quality uh, products. The customer service was excellent. It's free shipping in the U.S., which I know not all of my listeners live in the U.S., but uh, a lot of you do. So go check them out at usakilts.com. I also recommend their YouTube channel, USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions. Tons of cool content. The reason why I can put myself together and go to this function that I went to tonight, by the way, I got tons of compliments, and it's not because I'm extraordinarily strikingly handsome. It's because I looked good in the high-quality stuff that I got from USA Kilts. And, and one reason I know how to put it together correctly is because I've spent some time on USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions' YouTube channel. So... Whether it's help with wearing a kilt or you want some information on Scottish culture or history or any number of things, go out and check out their YouTube channel. They've got tons of good content. And now back to my conversation with Mike Doyle from Clans and Dynasties YouTube channel. So let me, let me just um, ask you about, well, so one note on the Campbells, something I mentioned before is because they operated in lowland circles so adeptly, I think mm -hmm. some people forget that the Campbells, and especially the, 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 so you, if you got to take the Earl of Argyle or earlier the Lord of Laca or whatever his title was at a given time, but then this next level down of leadership that like the taxman, that, that, that level down and, and then everything below that very, very Gallic West Highland as, as anybody was. But there, um, there also earlier I mentioned about families sort of gaelicizing themselves in the 11th to 14th century, and we may have an example of the Campbells doing that themselves. With yes. we now know through genetic, they may be more of a akin to the sort of Brythonic groups of the area, yes. but they've adopted this Gallic name, they've adopted the Gallic culture very early right. on. They their their oral traditions say they descend from the Odunia. So, you know, they're a very Gaelic yeah. link to um an Irish mythology. So they're also taking part in, you know, all the right. sort of 
rewriting. So uh, yeah, they don't I get. The, that I, th I was meaning more toward like um, not so much in their origin who they were, but culturally mm. at the time the Gala Glass movement starting to go on and then clear up. So from from the 13th, late late 13th century, all the way up through the 16th century, what they were. I did um, Stephen Boardman in his book on the Campbells. I, I think it's a series. In the earliest one, I don't have all the other ones, but the the one that will take you the history up to about fifteen thirteen, which I think was the Battle of Flodden. Um, he he does make a very strong case. I made a whole episode out of this for the Campbells being of uh, the Britons of Strathclyde, like that was their origins were in that group. So I was meaning more. So I am, and I'm all in on. I think he made it. I he convinced me that that would be the case. I, I guess I mean at the time period that the Galaglass are operating. The Campbells, who who often, and I think some of this is McDonald propaganda, get painted as <laughs> like Lowland, like you're a little too cozy with that group. But the Campbells of Craig Nish, I think it may have gone by McDougal to make things more complicated. Um, hmm. Other branches, Auchinbreck. These these are all like very West Highland groups and peoples, and culturally would have been up to their eyeballs in this hmm. in this Gallic culture. But okay, yeah, like, so go ahead. Oh, no, so uh, yeah, um, again with the point, like said, the Campbells and just people just misunderstand, um, you know, like say it happens every generation sort of inputs for whatever the political situation is. Um, but yeah, uh, the Gallagher, like say they're going into Ireland um, and uh, they, those are the, the but they, like I say, the Campbells sort of were just more, you know, in it for the money. Sure, um, but sure. the, the, I think the McSweeney's kind of are, are the start of the actual wave of settlers um, of of Gallaglass families really selling in in Ireland. They're they're they kind of the progenitors of that sort of idea. Not through their own making. They didn't come up with this idea all on their own. It was it was a hand forced on them um, for picking the wrong sides in wars. Um, but they very quickly find themselves in Ireland and very shortly afterwards a lot of other families the primary ones that I mentioned there follow afterwards because they realize there's another gap in another market and everybody that's <laughs> listening Mike has a great video on the McSweeney specifically as a clan mm -hmm. gives the political conditions that developed in Scotland that made it favorable for them to start maybe looking for greener pastures <laughs> So yeah, it was, uh, check that out. That's a good. That's a good video. I, I think that was one of the ones I watched just this morning um, as part of the the prep for this. It was really good. <laughs> um, some of these others. So you got so you got the McSweeney's kind of leading the charge. Um, I think a lot of the the surnames that you mentioned there as you're kind of listing off the different groups, many of them fit under the McDonald umbrella, like McAllister. They were a very early senior cadet branch of the McDonalds. Um, McSorley's later on, uh, probably somehow just just going off of the name McSorley, probably connected mm -hmm. into either the McDonald's or the McRory's. McRory's being yeah. kin to the McDonald's as well as the McDougal's. Some of these some of these names in that list, um, I am less familiar with them. I've only seen them in connection with learning about the Gala Glass, and maybe some of our listeners might be as well. I wrote a few of them down as you were listing them off. McSheehy's, McCabe's, McColl's. Now, is McColl mm -hmm. is that because if you say McDougal in Gaelic, sometimes mm -hmm. it can sound a little bit like McCool. Yeah. Um, so again, it's going to be very much like 
I've associated them with the same line, but many every family basically every surname has multiple origin points. And in Scotland, you even mentioned it there um, just before, uh, where you know families can sort of have a different name, even though they're part of another family. Yeah. It's, so it's uh, I've kind of whenever I've done talks about it, I've kind of assumed them to be the same, but that may be simplification on my part um because uh like I say every family sort of partook in this um if you had a, a lad a big strong lad and you there was a spiking season coming up or a contract coming up likelihood is you would have shipped your boy onto that boat and go off and earn his money <laughs> when you use the word contract there as two military guys mine <laughs> was automatically taken to you know some of these civilian contract groups like yeah. hey, we can do it we can do it for cheaper than what you're doing yeah. it for <laughs> <laughs> and that's another thing you know i had families trying to undercut uh trying to you know trying to all oh, this is a business at the end of the day and uh like i said it's the business of manpower and warfare and uh both of which scotland and the isles have plenty of so plenty of experience to sort of send across to ireland what about the um so the you see the name McCoy, which I think is a closer pronunciation to the over here in America, you'll see McKay, you'll see yeah. and I think in, in Galloway and Southwest Scotland they have some that, that develop into McKee. But and even well you'll hear over here, you'll hear Mackey. Yes. And but McCoy, if 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 the original, I think in the north of Scotland, you still hear the Mackay. And that seems like yeah, you can really sorry. hear how McCoy would develop out of that. Go ahead. Yeah, no, you're right. It's it is the Mackey, McKay, Mackay, McKee, uh, McHugh is even because you know it comes from A or E depending yes. on your pronunciation of the name e, A D. You know, so it's it's one of those names that definitely has multiple origin points. Not all descended from the same line, um, but um, so that that is. Um, but primarily, uh, I associate them with the, you know, the Northern family, uh, the main. Yes. Yes. So the, I, I associate them with them um, whenever I sort of generalize and talk about it. But again, any branch all the way down the, the whole Western coast uh, would have partook in some way. Um, but l we know ourselves and uh, American, your American audience will be more than familiar how disconnected we are from a lot of our origin routes for each of our specific lines so um it, it's a very hard question to say who and what but yeah. by and large we know that the wealthy big families definitely took part uh, yeah and maybe could have like been at the front of the line for some of those contracts yes yeah well you're going to go for the you're going to go for the because they can put more men on the battlefield. They can put heavier armoured men on the battlefield. You know, so you you'll uh, any contract right there will know. Um, you know, if you're in the oil industry or whatever, and you're you're trying to get your Halliburtons or your you know uh, other sort of big contractors, it's uh, you know you're kind of going to go for the big, the top sort of top tens. Um, you know, it doesn't matter the price. Sometimes you need uh, the 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 big big guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's so funny to think of it in terms that that are very familiar to us today, especially if you've served in the, in the military, especially if you've been overseas and seen KBR everywhere, which is a subsidiary yeah. of Halliburton, I believe. But anyway, um, what about? Oh, and I was going to ask you about your last name, Doyle. Is that is mm -hmm. that a some kind of form of Dougal? 
Yeah, so especially in uh, Ulster, there's a link between Doyle's being Dougal's. Uh, like it's one of those names. It's a bit like the, it's the Smith of Ireland. Um, you know where it's yeah. there's a lot of translation, or the or better actually still for any Scottish listeners, it's the Mackies we just discussed there, the Mackies, the McKays, the McCoy sort of of Ireland. The Doyles is, is very similar. Um, you know it comes from a Norse word. You know, where it be Dougald, Dougal, uh, Dougal, Dougal, Doyle. Um, you know, uh, it's it's it's, it's etymology is in in Norse, um, and uh, but it's meaning dark stranger, dark foreigner. So again, it can imply a gallow glass link through a you know this dark stranger coming in and settling the era or a earlier Viking. Although I kind of Viking surnames is kind of a misnomer because you know they didn't have surnames and the normally it them forming two hundred years after are they really Vikings by the stage? <laughs> yeah. You know, um so but uh whether it comes from the dark stranger of a um that sort of sense or uh, you know it could even have a Norman aspect to it as well because uh anyone can be a dark stranger so um there's a you know it's i associated my line uh specifically i, I associate my line with um gallo glass earlier gallo glass ancestry purely because of the location mm. um and uh the links of the other names that are found very closely related to mine um like burn um which again is another norse sort of influencing from Bran and meaning Raven. So um, you know, it's it, it's sort of like got that wee hot spot in 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 southern Ulster, South County Down. So uh yeah, it's uh but again, <clears throat> the, these are the things that like I said, the links to where those lines are very hard. I know genetic studies um are sort of breaking down some of those barriers. Um but at the minute uh I don't know. <laughs> so you, um, uh, when you say you do, like given the lo geographic location, some of these other, you, you do, do tend to, and you were very clear there, you said your line. So you're not trying to speak for all people who have Doyles in their family tree, but um, you specifically, that location, you, you're, are you connecting that in? Would When you say you connect that in with the Gala Glass, are you specifically going in with the McDougals who were also, See that the name McDowell, which some people, if you're looking at this, trying to create your tidy little boxes, there was a McDowell mm. kindred in Southwest Scotland. Yeah. But sometimes you could pronounce the McDougals of Lorne, who would have been pro probably more engaged in this trade than maybe the, I don't know. But mm. yeah, which direction are you going with that? Are you, do you claim like a McSorley lineage? I do. And much to the wife's annoyance, um, you know, I, I kind of said that uh, I used to say when we were watching the Vikings TV series, whenever Ragnar used to come on, he used to say, that's my granddad. Um, <laughs> you know, through the, through the Emer, through uh, Godfrey Croven, the maternal line to the Emer, through, and I follow the links for, um, you know, uh, of, um, uh, I can't forget his son, but Ragnar's son, one of his sons, um, inverted commas, um, through that line. So, um, yeah, I used to, uh, I'm very much annoying my wife with that statement uh, every time because she thought he was a very handsome man in that TV series. So uh, <laughs> I used to 
He used to say I look a lot like him. Uh, anyone listening on the podcast, I can t- assure you I do not. <laughs> similar similar uh, athletic prowess and cr- ferocity it, in battle. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's the kind of stuff, you know, uh, like I arguments are, you know, he's six foot something in real life. I'm foot, five foot eight, but I used to tell her it's just the shoes I'm wearing, you uh-huh. know, and, and the trousers. They make me look shorter than I am. But yes, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, that, it's that line that I, I sort of, associate with but again um uh, my genetic line um sort of my own personal genetic studies have uh not yielded such evidence but um as of yet but i'm i'm not i'm hope not really hopeful I, I don't mind at the end of the day uh i don't think anyone should mind whatever regardless of whatever results they ever get back well ladies and gentlemen this concludes that chunk of the discussion with mike doyle from the clans and dynasties youtube channel i hope you're enjoying him enjoying this as much as i did in the discussion with him and i hope you found things that are valuable to you in there stay tuned for things that we're talking about in the next episode some of those things include the need to trace your ancestry to a specific location to know what clan you might tie into and not just go off the last name and we've talked about that before might give some additional insights into that We'll also talk about the Northern Ireland element. Did all Scottish names that you find in Ulster come from Scotland originally? Or were there other ways that those those people came to have those Scottish names without actually being descended from the Scots themselves? Check in for that. A discussion about that topic. And then another thing is we talk a little bit about the sources. And Mike gives you very specific sources that he uses. And I mentioned some that I have used in the past as well. And I will include links to that in the show notes for the next episode. Uh, once again, please share this with people that you feel like would be would be have an interest in this. Uh, subscribe on whatever platform you're doing this. If there's a way to leave a rating, I'd be really interested in your feedback. If you want to reach out to me personally, you can do so at thescottishclans at gmail.com. Check out our Facebook group called The Scottish Clans. Uh, there's been some stellar discussions going back and forth on there. I And there's disagreement and... People, but they they keep it civil, and they have really good points, very educated people on both sides. I think there's a lot of possible education to be had from going and checking out that Facebook group and becoming a member of it and getting involved in the conversation yourself. Uh, don't forget that I do have an online, a short online course on the origins of the Scottish clans. Can just help you establish your foundation as you want to build up and develop your understanding of this topic. Uh, I'm very passionate about it, and I poured a lot into that, so I think there's a lot of value there. And until and you can find that by the way at scottish-clans.com/origins. And until next time, Marshan Leven Grasta.